injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Hey guys, it's Keith. It's one day after Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the USA. I didn't speak about this yesterday, but I thought I would ponder its significance for a second here. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. is a national hero, and for a very good reason. I've always grown up admiring him, and he's just a central canon to the American project. Um... I don't want to get too deep into everything about him. He, you know, he certainly was a complex man with personal problems. He was a firebrand. He was quite radical as a leftist, but not considered as radical as as Malcolm X. He's sort of been whitewashed by history a little bit, but you know what? The clip I just played from his famous speech um, has been kind of like this tagline that I've certainly lived by my whole life, which is that people ought to be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And I just find it very, very sad that this is not honored today, that we're going backwards in a way. We're going into this era now where skin color is of heightened importance and this movement is led allegedly by black people and other minorities and as we think of them people as of color which i might as well be myself and i find it very fraught and unfortunate because someone like me doesn't even know how to define myself based on color You know, I don't know if I should be identifying as an other, as a minority, as white, as mainstream, as majority. It's it's not really a question I'm interested in considering too deeply. And yet, in today's day and age, I am often forced to. And I think that's truly pathetic that the USA is still obsessed with race and that it's often the well-intentioned white liberals who lead this march to overcorrect the past. And I had a long conversation, series of conversations with a dear friend of mine, um, as I often do, about, you know, our role in shaping the world and, you know, to make things as best as we can. Um, You know, a lot of leftists and liberals believe that we have to overcorrect, that we need this sort of... um, strong hand of uh, regulation and um, I'm looking for a word to to insist on corrections that in my opinion would correct themselves in time I think that in order to progress as a society it's important to remove barriers to entry to make the process the systems as fair and equal as possible. 
but to not adjust for outcomes specifically. It's not our goal, in my opinion, to force certain outcomes. It is instead our goal to make the process as fair as possible. And, you know, reasonable people can disagree. Um, Certainly most of my friends seem to disagree with me that instead of just simply allowing the pipeline to adjust accordingly over time, that we have to insistently hire minorities, you know, admit minorities into schools um, through affirmative action, through, you know, certain hiring policies, that this is the way to achieve this American dream. And I just think Martin Luther King would have objected to that. I think in his speech, it's pretty clear that he wants clear, he wants to end segregation. He wants to end racist policies specifically, which I agree with. The point isn't to replace those policies with anti-racist policies, as someone like Ibram X. Kendi would advise. Instead, it's to specifically remove the inequities of the system in order for the USA to more accurately reflect its origin originating charter, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. You know, these things are built into this founding of the country, and all we have to do is honor that Constitution, which was a true milestone of enlightenment thought. You know, it's something to be truly celebrated, and I think that modern leftists for some reason disagree with that um you know i'm gonna do some google searches here um okay house fire um <laughs> here's the new york times article am i gonna be allowed to access this bystander stop woman from burning home where martin Luther king jr was born two off-duty police officers from new york and two visitors intervened the woman was arrested and charged with attempted arson um, and this was a black woman, you know, this was, uh, I find this so strange. What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, that's gasoline. They're on their way. Nobody's, nobody's trying to hurt you. We just want to make sure the house, nothing happens to it. And... Yeah, so there's footage of, um, you know, like what motivates a young black woman to survive? Dude, this is a fucking drone, bro. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the. MLK is kind of considered this, um, white man's version of an important black leader allegedly like this is like somehow like like i think that among certain black leftists mlk is not nearly radical enough that he's just like a very convenient uh token uh civil rights leader because he plays so conveniently into the majority cause and i think this is a really sad reading because it maintains a division between races, which is so unhealthy and unhelpful. MLK buys in, he bought into this American project of all 
people being created equal under God, that everyone has a right to life, liberty, and property. And that should include as many people as possible. It should be expanded to include everybody, including black people. And his whole issue with racism in the U.S. is that black people were kept out of this dream. So his project was to include black people, not to destroy the project. And I think so many radicals on the left, Marxists and communists and anarchists, don't appreciate the American dream to be inclusive of all people to pursue life, liberty, and property. That instead, this is like an inherently toxic uh, dream that has to be built on the backs and blood of somebody. And I just don't agree with that. Um, I think that the American project certainly needs reformations. But for radicals to assault MLK and to discredit him, I think is really misguided. And I'm looking now at this case of Claudine Gay. She was um, the president of Harvard University until recently. She stepped down. Shortest tenured president of all time, six months. First black person, let alone black woman. And she's disgraced at this point, depending on your circles, I suppose. Um, I think leftists are trying to frame this as some sort of racist takedown, as if she was singled out due to being black. You know, she is on record saying some pretty um, silly things. Um, you know, basically she was asked directly by Congress if anti-semitism was taught was uh um was fostered or acceptable on harvard's campus and she essentially said it depends on the context that perhaps within certain contexts it's okay to hate jews call for the eradication of the jewish state etc and i you know i have to say as a free speech absolutist um, I could defend that. I mean, I disagree. I think that if you are calling, if you are supporting Hamas and calling for, you know, Palestine to be free from the river to the sea, implying the end of a Jewish state, I think these are hateful things to say. Um, but, you know, I'm going to transition now to anti-Semitism off of MLK because, you know, racism, anti-Semitism, these things kind of go hand in hand. Um, black people... Uh, in today's world in the U.S. have um, plenty of grievances, I suppose, certainly historical grievances, obviously. Um, but I find that they are, by and large, well-represented and overrepresented in popular culture and that most people's sympathies go toward black people and the struggle for black people to... Uh, attain the American dream, just like anyone else, certainly like white people, and that this is something that, myself included, um, we want, you know, whether or not we actively and directly and outrightly create cheat codes for black people is a different story, but by and large, I think almost everybody wants black people to rise and succeed, and I wonder if the same can be said of Jewish people today. I think from the left and the right, Jews are attacked for either being a very special circumstance of whiteness, as white people seem to think, or as leftists seem to think, or a certain um, otherness 
a token minority in a way that, you know, for instance, white nationalists might think, you know, are Jews white? You know, it's a very interesting question that I can relate to. Like, I feel Jewish myself. I'm not. But um, having Armenian descent and also Korean ancestry, I feel a kinship with Jews. Semitism itself refers to all Middle Eastern people of the Levant, so that would include Arabs. You know, we have this word of uh, Islamophobia that I have gone on record attacking and misunderstanding, or perhaps, um, well, I think it's a bullshit phrase. Um, we already have anti-Semitism, so like, if you're going to be against Arabs, we have that word already. To be against Islam... I think is fair enough. We don't have a specific word to be against Christianity or against Judaism, do we? Because anti-Semitism kind of includes Arabs and Jews ethnically. But, you know, I don't know if anyone is against um, the Jewish religion per se, but people claim to be anti-Zionist, which is to say that they're against a Jewish state existing. Zionism, um, to recap something I've said before here, is simply the nationalism of the Jewish people. It's specifically calling for an established Jewish homeland state, just like any other nation would do. And to say that you're against that, first of all, you're 100 years too late to be against that. Um, it's done. There is a Jewish state, and it's uh, it's been very successful in terms of its impacts in society technology, education, medicine, human rights. So to be against that is like, I mean, it's kind of like being against the U.S., I guess. I mean, you can be against, I, I suppose, certain details about it, but to say that you're against its constitution and then what it stands for is a little, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a little um, ignorant and uh, immature and juvenile, if you ask me, but people claim to be against Zionism. Um, there's this big debate of whether or not anti-Semitism is anti-Zionism, if these go hand in hand. And I know from the Israel subreddit that a lot of Jews do think this, because why would you be against something like a Kurdistan if you support Kurds in general, right? Like, why would you deny people a homeland, a national, a nation state? Um, I'm bringing this up because I do think it's important to think through where people's allegiances lie. And for me, after much conversation and thought about it, my interests lie in the free pursuit of life's goodness by all people, and that states can embody that pursuit for group, certain groups of people. I think that grouping people by citizenship or state is one of the most convenient ways to group people because um, citizenship is a real measurable thing, whereas um, race is not, and um, sexuality is fluid. Uh, you know, certainly biological sex could be, but that simply, you know, that doesn't do too much in terms of defining our world. Um, what I mean to say is that creating the two camps that are the two biological sexes minus um, intersex and hermaphrodites um, it doesn't do us to, it doesn't get us very far in, um, <laughs> international relations, let's say. Um, 
I'm just wondering, like, what is so bad about a Jewish state? Um, what would be so bad about a black state like Liberia or most sub-Saharan African nations? Um, to stand against certain national identities seems really misguided to me. And I'm just confused that Harvard and MIT and UPenn and other schools are allowing this kind of outright uh, hate speech when they allow it so often in other contexts, or sorry, disallow it so often in other contexts. Certainly, like in the era of Black Lives Matter, anything that would question that narrative was immediately snuffed out, and people people's reputations have been destroyed based on that. So why would that not extend to Cloudy and Gay? Right. I mean, basically, Claudine Gay is on record for apologizing or excusing anti-Semitism on Harvard's campus. She's also accused of plagiarism. She is fundamentally a diversity, equity, and inclusion hire. And I guess what I wanted to say on this topic, it's not something I've studied too deeply, but what I do know is that, you know... Um, <laughs> We shouldn't be hiring people based on race, full stop. We should be hiring people based on merit. And if you want to be the president of Harvard University, I don't know what uh, merit needs to be considered, but I would imagine it would involve more than 11 papers, half of which were plagiarized, published papers. You know, I mean, in academia, doesn't that carry a lot of weight? you know, how often you're cited and how significant your research is, you know, to lead the um, African and African-American studies department hardly seems exceptional in terms of qualifying one for being president of Harvard. Um, and now there's this backlash that this is racist, that Claudine Gay is being taken down because she's black. And I just find that such a, such a pathetic, truly pathetic argument that MLK would certainly condemn because this is all about content of character and I think that this entire DEI practice is just so misguided because I don't think it's good to prop up people based on their race and it has these kinds of consequences this is a mess it's a mess that most of us can easily ignore to be sure but it's messy that a major brand like Harvard is disgraced with this kind of scandal. And it's unnecessary. Just hire qualified people. And I just, I, you know, I, I got into this debate with my buddy this weekend, David, about, you know, what it means to even be qualified. You know, certainly with your position in your life, there are other qualified people. And some of those qualified people are minorities, that might well enjoy the the prosperity that you enjoy to whatever extent and that maybe you should step aside for those minorities because you're such a virtuous good liberal and i'm just confused by that logic certainly you know i think this comes down to white guilt frankly and maybe just majority guilt or um, prosperity guilt, wealth guilt, like this is guilt. 
And I don't know how well guilt serves any of us, but I know that it has a lot of negative consequences. If you feel so bad that you're doing well and someone else is doing badly, you know, there are charities out there for you. And I just wonder why we are fetishizing our collective guilt in this way to intentionally prop up people that might be a little less deserving all because we think that their race makes them even more deserving i mean that is racism from every definition i understand it to be obviously or like reverse racism or obviously like with this power dynamic like oh yeah you can't be racist against black people because black people don't have institutional power well certain black people do have institutional power if you are the president of harvard let alone the president of the usa you have institutional power <laughs> i mean i don't know how any clearer it can be that you are the head of an institution um so it's it's just a it's a very messy morass of of guilt and power to me and i think it could easily be avoided by hiring people that are qualified and if those people end up being white men i just don't know why we're so worried about that you know i mean white men are pluralistically the majority of the country you know perhaps second to white women so it would make sense that in a lot of positions you would find people that are white and the civil rights era and the subsequent you know civil rights era was in the 1960s when my parents grew up and i am a child of those parents so it would make sense that gen x and millennials would be the first to suddenly show some some more parody in these kind of things you know like i think it would make sense that right now just now we would start to see a pipeline result of minorities achieving power and we are we are without affirmative action we are without all these helps you know like there are <laughs> there are millionaires and billionaires who are minorities because they have not been held down by the institutions that used to hold them down and that is a good thing we don't need to help people based on their group identity beyond removing those barriers. I mean, that's my stance, and that's what I kind of glean from MLK. And I think on MLK Day, it's important to recognize that. All right, guys, I'm going to um, leave it there. This has been a continuation of my Patreon vlog as well as... Um, I'm going to be posting this as a podcast as well. Um, if you want to see the video of this podcast, go to patreon.com slash keythinking. Please become a supporter. I would love your support and much appreciate it. And uh, I'll continue trying to do these videos that are podcasts at the same time. All right, guys, until next time. Ciao.